0: My name is Rachel White, and people call me the skeptical showman. They say it like it's a contradiction, but it's not. For more than a decade, I've been researching and building tools for the spiritually homeless. You know, the curious but critical thinking people that, like me, have had a tough time navigating a landscape of gurus and grifters and crystal-heavy people. Searching for a way to fill what Neil Gaiman called that God-shaped hole all while, of course, not getting taken. As the host of the Skeptical Shaman podcast, I want to help us all develop a map of this confusing terrain. I'm going to talk to everybody, the curious, the skeptical, the cynical, and yes, even the true believers. Together, we can safely explore the world of Wu and get closer to some meaningful existential truths. This is the Skeptical Shaman. Welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Skeptical Shaman Podcast. I think today we're going to be a little less skeptical and a little more shaman, but skepticism is always a good thing to keep around. I'm really excited for today's guest. I did her podcast, which was a thrill. It's called A Psychic Story, among other projects, other podcasts, which of course we'll lead to and talk about. But Nicole Bigley, Nicole, why don't you say hi and
1: let everybody know about you and your work? Hello to Rachel's listeners. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Always a pleasure to chat with you. And yes, my name is Nicole Bigley and I co host, not co host, I'm sorry, we probably need to edit that out. I host a podcast called A Psychic Story. I have another podcast, Supernatural Matters, and a kids podcast that's aimed to help kids. And I co wrote a book, which we'll be talking about a little bit, but that's my part time job and my passion. Uh, It's not something I do full time. And I do that because Way back when, earlier in my life, I went down the healing journey of learning Reiki and becoming a Reiki master, and it was for personal reasons, and that just opened up the door to the spiritual world in more ways than I had experienced when I was younger, when I was a child. And so that's where I am right now in my life. I do have a full-time job in PR communications and marketing, but that's for a conversation for another day because we're here to talk today about other things. I have to tell you, when you said co-host,
0: it did mm-hmm. strike me that I don't think that's an error. Um, and yes, I know. <laughs> in, in line with um, our discussion today, which is going to be all about angels, and I am thrilled, thrilled to have the conversation with you. Uh, let me just start with my my usual bullshit, my usually cranky, grumpy, skeptical bullshit, which is, you know, my whole time working. In, in the spiritual woo space and studying shamanism, I met, you know, angel card readers and the Doreen Virtue sort of sat in these people. And, and so many of them I felt had this flattened kind of almost cartoonish or comic bookish. Idea of what an angel is. They were allergic, pathologically allergic to any reference to anything negative or dark or mm-hmm. any other elements to this spiritual ecosystem. And when I met you and did the interview for your podcast, I instantly was hit number one by the fact that you're a real psychic. Which sounds bitchy, but we real recognizes real. Like I have the same thing with Teresa Reed and a couple of other people, including people who don't do this for a living. Where I call them, I know they're. They're legit. They're connected to something. They have the fob that lets them in the building. They have access to the archives. And, you know, to talk angels with you and this new book that you're working on, which is focused on, you know, looking for angels, connecting with angels. I'm I'm thrilled that it's not going to be the usual tripe. So thank you very much. for that. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, that's that's a fun story to
1: share when we get to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I think I mentioned to you right before we hit record. I am not a big angel number person or numbers person. Sometimes you know when it's corresponding with synchronicities, as Carl Jung would recommend, I'll pay attention. I go, oh, that's interesting. And this morning, out of nowhere, woke up wide awake at four 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 a.m. Thought, oh, that's interesting. Angels. There's something with angels. So didn't think of it again. Went back to bed and then realized while I was working, I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing that podcast today with Nicole. And then I sat down. I was like, oh my god, we're going to talk about angels. <laughs> It, it, it I'm the Mr. Magoo of spiritual adventures. It takes me like 400 times to get knocked over that before I'm like, oh, yeah, angel stuff. Thanks for that. And so um, your book, your story, I, I don't know how you want to start this. Sure. Maybe for you personally, if you're cool with that, getting into your connection with angels, um, just as a practitioner, as a person, because to me, those stories are always the most interesting. I have my forever buddy, Gabriel. Who sasses every energy worker who tries to access my energy body, which is a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> he's hilarious. Um, hilarious in the way that, like, you know, the guy at the office who offends people is has always been hilarious to me. So why don't you share, share a bit of your your background with the angelic realm? And then we'll get into a little bit of your work with the angels, angel readings, misconceptions, mm-hmm. stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when I was younger, I always forget the age because I was so young. I think I was yeah. about four or five. I was playing in my room alone, and I just felt this presence. Now, I'd always felt a presence around me. And when I was younger, I thought everyone could feel and sense those sorts of things. Called energy reading. That's essentially also what a psychic, if, if people ask you what's defining a psychic, you could say that. And after a while and it getting bigger and bigger, and when I say bigger, I mean the, the feeling and the actual t- intensity of it, I just said, who are you? What are you? Because I couldn't see it with my physical eyesight and couldn't hear anything of that nature. And I just heard in my head, it was more of a thought hearing, which I'm sure you've probably experienced a lot of times, Michael And so when I then over time of learning, it was so cold chills, Nicole, sorry. (laughs) And so when I as I was growing up, I just, you know, and I never referred to him as imaginary friend or anything else. It felt different than what maybe some of my friends had been experiencing with, quote unquote, true imaginary friends. And over time, the way I would see would be through my third eyesight. And I would just see this energetic being It wasn't an angel with wings or halos or anything like that. It was just this energetic being of love. I felt always very protected, guided, and would learn throughout my life to communicate that way. It wasn't until I got maybe into my teenage, almost 20s, where I was like, ding, 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 this is Archangel Michael. And the moment I said Archangel, I then saw the wings and the halo, but he said, that's not how I come across and and show myself to people. It's just how humans have defined how we look. And so that was the part of me growing up and working and learning energy with angels. And it was less about the mediumship with souls that had crossed over or other things like that. It was primarily on the angel side. So that was the start of it. And then when my early 20s, I decided there's a whole another story about a cat of mine who I adopted. She had multiple personalities through trauma could not figure out how to help her and ended up out of just pure desperation going to an energy healer or Reiki person and thought, even in the back of my mind, like, this is bullshit, <laughs> you know? Like, this, this, which, by <laughs> the way, mm-hmm. if you're being respectful mm-hmm. externally to the provider
0: is always the best state to go into that stuff. Yes. yes. That's why I like skepticism. It's mm-hmm. the name of the podcast for a reason. It, like, be open to being surprised and being wrong but that this is bullshit as a starter point,
1: I think, is just a thing for personal safety. It's, yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's it's kind of funny in my mind where we go because who am I to also question this given that I've talked to angels since I was a child. And, right. you know, I believe in that. So why not about Reiki? I think it's because I didn't understand it. But to your point, there was a healthy amount of skepticism of I'm going to be open but and not judgmental, but my logical brain is still asking the question, is this real? type of thing. And so, very long story short, with that experience, I went to her and within 20 minutes, you know, she's the cat's walking around the room on the other side. She has her hands up and she says, Okay, okay, she's healed. And I was like, What? Here's my money. Just take it and run. This cat isn't <laughs> healed. By no way means is this cat healed. And so I go home and fast forward, she never had another meltdown or experience. She was physically healed, mentally healed, emotionally healed. Her personality, she just came out of her shell. And I was amazed. And I went down the path of learning Reiki for my own personal reasons. Yeah. Right after my attunement, that is when I started to physically see angels but it wasn't again the big angels with wings and halos it was light orbs and twinkling lights and then over time michael would start to change color and i would be able to distinguish who that's very rare it doesn't happen all the time with me but that in summary is kind of how i started and it was all through my personal spiritual journey not me ever looking to get into this for like a quote-unquote business You know, your cat Reiki story is why I think skepticism
0: is the key to success. Because when you have a win, you know it's a real win. Because Mm -hmm. you you weren't lying to yourself. You didn't want it so badly. You were clouding your own objectivity. And so it's almost like creating just a nice little even baseline, right? Almost Mm -hmm. a control group so that if something does happen, you go, you're surprised by it and it's measurable.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you want to believe just because you want to believe it. Right, And you're holding right. on to it so hard that you're not able to see the forest for the trees. Yeah, I think,
0: you know, letting yourself be surprised. I've had my own experiences that it, one of them involved an angel and it's it's Gabriel. But like you, I didn't know that. So as a very young kid, three, four, I told my parents I was a green carnation. Because that's like <laughs> the rough word Okay, green carnation. Yeah, because I, I heard we went to St. Patrick's Day Parade, downtown Chicago. <laughs> they were handing out green carnations and I heard it I was like that's what I am like it was as close as I could get to land the plane and of course my parents being who they are took me to therapy and told them <laughs> I was stupid and something was wrong with me you know that's I been a, know. a little adventure and the therapist thank God was like you know totally reasonable she thought I was completely reasonable and I would draw pictures of an angel and scare myself with it. not because it was evil or bad but because there was like an intensity like I would draw mm-hmm. pictures of my imaginary friends that were not human you know so i don't know it, it was it was an interesting time age four later i was about 13 14 laying in bed and all of a sudden i heard almost like remember the old aol dial-up sound yeah yeah like it but it was like inside my skull it was
1: wide. I'm hearing was it i'm sure explaining it
0: yes yeah i was wide mm-hmm. awake And I saw this like barrage of images, like data packets, and then I was, and it happened like in a split second. And I'm laying there. I'll just have did I just have a seizure? And I felt something next to the bed, and it wasn't scary and it wasn't bad, but it was very powerful. And you can sense that, right? Where I'm like, oh, I'm not the apex species in the room. Like it's a very unusual feeling. And he leaned over and he went shh, and he put his finger on my lip. And I have, like, the electricity of that experience. I didn't go to bed for, like, a week after that. Much later, I'm going to Spertus Institute for Jewish Studies in Chicago to learn Hebrew. And I'm reading Kabbalah. There's a whole thing in an offshoot of Kabbalah about Archangel Gabriel sealing people's lips with his finger and saying, shh, to seal in secrets or prophecies. And it became such a thing in, like, Spanish folklore that it even, to them, explained cleft palate. Like it was oh. such a thing in their culture. And it was one of those experiences of like, holy shit, this was a thing. His name is Gabriel. Other people have this experience and in their own rudimentary way, we're trying to make it make sense. Yeah. With other phenomena in their culture. And I just for people who are looking to study this stuff, and obviously we'll get in more into your work and your recommendations, some of the, the content of your book, but be patient. It's a real scavenger hunt. And when it is those winds and those discoveries, it's an electric
1: moment. It really is. Yes. And, you know, going back to even religion and other things, and that's part of what the book talks about. So I guess maybe it's a good time to, to talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit. So I'm sure you have your own routine and practice when you're preparing for a client or sessions. And for me, I say a prayer, which I was taught by Michael when I was younger, to just connect with divine source and energy that is for the person's highest and best good. And so I was doing that and I was preparing a session, preparing for that session with a client. And again, I heard, you need to write about us because the conversation was about how this person could connect with their spirit team and their angels And that's a lot sometimes I would notice when people come to me that they were asking about. And so it gets a little repetitive because there are core things that you can do depending on where you're at. And so I just I kind of got irritated a little bit because I was in this moment of I'm trying to get information for this person and you're kind of coming in and talking to me. It's like a kid trying to get a parent's attention when they're on the phone and or you're in a corporate meeting and
0: someone else it talks about something not on the agenda. And we have 30 <laughs> minutes, guys. Yeah. Stop,
1: stop derailing us. Yes, exactly. Perfect example. So anyway, I said, OK, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later. So after the session, I picked it back up and I kept hearing you need to write about us. So I said, I don't have time. I have this full-time job, I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing sessions with people, which, by the way, I didn't really want to do, but they were pushing me in, in, into doing it. You and so, me both, by the way. That was not an option. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like there are things that you do because you're told or asked, and it's asked politely with air quotes. But anyway, so I received that message, and I just said very, you know, I, I was learning at the time to set energetic boundaries. And I said to them, if you want me to do this, then you need to bring the right people the money and or the time and make it happen. And I thought that bought me some time, that it would be a few months at least before anything. No, they did it right away. Oh, yeah. Not like more than 48 hours later, I receive an email and it was from my co-author, my now co-author, Dr. Scott Guerin. And he said, I'm feeling led to email you. You're probably not going to respond. I'm writing a book about angels. I'm writing about the religion, the psychology, and the science behind angels and what we think and, and perceive but I don't know anything about modern day angels or how people can connect with them. And so I did some research and he reached out. And by the way, I can help you write it. I'm self-publishing it and everything else. So it was everything that I asked. And I just laughed and I said, I got to do this now. I asked and I received and can't ignore it. So here we are. And that is, yeah. So my portion is about connecting with them more real time and how you do that on a day-to-day basis where Scott talks about, it's not skepticism, but it's, again, how angels are perceived in those three categories.
0: Yeah. And the concept of them being messengers. Mm And yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into that. I did just want to share with you because you accidentally on purpose touched on something important for anyone doing spiritual work. If you ask for something, odds are you're going to get it. Uh And so really contemplating that. um, I had a recent experience where I was given a series of visions they weren't entirely pleasant but they certainly explain the world we live in (laughs) so in that way it was pleasant where i was like oh i get it now and i said listen you know i'd like to really understand this and what i need to be doing and for the next six or it was six nights just nothing but downloads ears ringing you know full visual visions like the wild shit that usually there's like one of those every couple of years and it was boom 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 and they're like you you asked we answered here you go (laughs) Yeah, be um, careful so, what you wish for. You just might get a type of thing. If not, just, just might you get will. It. You will get it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my clients too get frustrated. You know, and I'm sure you've experienced this. I I know I have an angel. I don't know who it is, or how do you communicate with them? And they they express a lot of frustration. What I would say is, angels respect free will. Absolutely. And so the other side of that asking is, if you want to communicate with them, ask them. Uh huh. They don't always want to interrupt mundane reality and scare, you know, the S-H-I-T out of you.
1: Yeah. No, that's the biggest thing. And that that goes back to the prayer that I mentioned uh, that. So I don't even know how Michael kind of edged his way in without kind of me asking that free will and choice. I think it was the intensity of the energy, like building up over time to acknowledge. Then when I asked, that was permission, essentially, and it was engagement. Yeah. But yes, the the point is, because we have free will and choice, then they're not going to intercede that. That's why if you think about prayer and religion, it's our hands and it's an antenna going up and it's sending out that ask or that request and giving permission. And so when we ask to connect, which I call them really our spirit team because that can be comprised of all different types of energetic beings, which I know you're very familiar with them. But ultimately by just saying, I'm asking to connect with my guides and angels, giving you permission you know, of 100% divine love, light and sound. For my best and highest good, yeah. that's the door. That's you, literally. Then they knock, and you open the door, type of thing. And yeah. essentially, in this case, you're opening the door before they knock to allow them in. Yeah, and it's awesome.
0: And by the way, I highly recommend it. But you got to make sure that you know you're ready. You're ready. You're ready mm-hmm. to write a book, as in as in your case, or whatever missional work you happen to get. So back to the book, and I, your co-author. You mentioned those three sort of tranches, right? Like religion, history, psychology.
1: Religion, psychology, and science. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What do you want to
0: share with people? I mean, obviously not the whole book. Go get the book, guys. When it comes out, it's being self-published, just like Totem Tarot deck. Support independent authors, creators, publishers, please. But what are some misconceptions and or things to look for? How do you guys define that? How do you anchor that in those, those three tranches for maybe a skeptical or more I don't know, um, agnostic, kind of modern Mm -hmm. person. Like, if you could share a little bit about that, I think that would be helpful.
1: Yeah, well, I'll go first to what, when you said, like, myths and misconceptions, we touched upon this a little bit, is that angels, we usually think of, are going to, one, be associated with some sort of religion, or two, that they look a certain way with their wings, their halos, their energy, it's not the case. I believe, and this is just my opinion, that when we experience these things at, at different times and cultures and across the world, in order for us to make an explanation of it, if I see an energy and it's floating, obviously it needs to be, it has wings because it's a bird, you know, birds fly, this was before airplanes and everything else. They may look very differently if we had had airplanes and other things at that time, which is, again, a whole nother conversation about that. But uh, yeah, so it's how they look, but it's also, I think, about how they interact. I like to think of angels and guardian angels, archangels, all of that as a bridge to heaven or source or life source energy. And because of that, they help us. That's why they're called the messengers in order to connect. But it doesn't mean that when we talk about angels or when they come up, it has any sort of association with religion. So that's the first thing. Yeah. And also... We the everyone has this is a, also kind of a misconception. If you want to get into it, that we have like one guardian angel. I mean, our spirit teens are massive, and I even first was like, wait, Mark, Michael's my guy. That's it. And most people would ask, "Well, what do you mean you have an archangel as a guardian angel?" I'm like, "No, he supports multiple people (laughs) across the vast time. Correct. That's another myth myth and misconception is that they're not limited by time and space. We have more than one. Sometimes we can have up to two hundred. So there's all of that that kind of goes into it. And they're here to support us. I know that's not really like a a myth and a misconception. It's more of a if we want to tap them. I I look at it as a game of tag, like tag you it." Come in, that sort of thing. Now, when we get to, um, it's not really a myth and misconception, but if you look at it, we're experiencing a huge revolution on this earth, where people are—I won't say revolting against religion, but never before have we seen more and more people leaving religious, uh, you know, churches and faith in the percentages that they are for the first time ever. Spiritual—I won't call it spiritualism, but spirituality is taking place. Think about it almost like in a political landscape. If you're calling yourself independent, not necessarily a Republican or a Democrat, it's the same thing. And it's because people aren't getting necessarily what they want through those religious institutions. So that's another thing. And that's also, yeah. it's, go ahead quickly, just to mm-hmm. inject because do you know Duncan Trussell? No. He's a comedian,
0: but he's a very intensely spiritual person, very devoutly okay. Buddhist, really fascinating individual. He has a podcast called The Duncan Trussell Family Hour. It is not for families, but <laughs> it's just him. I'm going to have to look him up. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you know, he, he got high the other day and was like thinking about idolatry in the Bible. And he remembered reading the Bible being like, well, that's stupid that like God would be jealous. Of course he wouldn't be. Look what he created. He went back and read it and he goes, I now understand that the idolaters were middlemen. They said, No, I hear God and mm-hmm. you should buy what I'm saying. Yes. Them. And so when you say people are getting out of these strict religions, I don't have an issue with any specific religion. I have an issue with dogma and being mm-hmm. closed minded and being that certain of anything ever. I think at the, you know, the Crusades, the, like it, we could go on and on and on. And the idea of spirituality is this notion of looking at maybe religions as a word. He, he read the Bible as a Buddhist, and it actually made sense to him.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they in yeah they serve a they served a purpose. They still serve a purpose. Yeah, and that was during times where people needed more support and guidance, and having that foundation of faith. But to your point, that middleman took everything out and removed us from being able to connect to source ourselves because we're a part of that, and so. That being, I think, another myth and misconception when you look at angels and spirit team members is, again, if this isn't your jam, that's fine. You don't need to do it. But it is more to know that they are here to support us and that they help us bridge that gap if we feel as if they're not the middlemen in the religious sense. They're just helping us to remind us where we came from and that we all have that ability to connect with oneness and with that source. Yeah, I see angels as a big connection point for the democratization of
0: spiritual insight and knowledge um, where it's not Keith Raniere of NXIVM sitting surrounded by women telling everybody what's up. Angels are all about personal development. You know, one of the questions I'll get from people is, how do you know if it's really an angel? It's not, you know, a bad guy or whatever. I go, well, let me ask you something. Are they making you grow as a person? Are they giving you what you want or what you need? You know, Mm -hmm. almost like a parent or an uncle or a good softball coach growing up. Like, you know, are they teaching you how to think instead of what to think? Are they challenging you to are be Do you feel loved? Yes, exactly. Because mm-hmm. you'll know. It's, it's usually pretty obvious. So I, I interrupted and interjected there just because I think, you know, as we enter this Aquarian time, you know, Pluto stationing in Aquarius next year and revolution afoot politically, spiritually, and otherwise... For people to just get out of their little boxes and understand it's okay, it's okay to read religious texts from a different point of view. Make it work for you.
1: Yes. Well, and that's exactly it. You use the word revolution is that's why we're seeing so much change in the in our society across the board, whether it's through religion politically or what have you. It's a transformation essentially of us on all levels energetically and just as a society. And so knowing that, again, we have the support systems in place through universal law is extremely helpful so that we also don't feel alone. Yes, people can go to practitioners like yourself or me or find additional resources. But really, at the end of the day, the whole point is that we have this within us and we are being divinely led and guided. Don't you think that's the sign of a good practitioner is they're trying to empower you? And educate oh, you yeah.
0: so you can. I, learn I
1: to would fish. love the day where no one ever has to come to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like that means that we've reached <laughs> as a society and as he, human and spiritual beings the the moment of we are we've arrived. We've arrived. Yeah, and, and
0: if you have a practitioner, you're going to see someone whether it's Reiki or they're a psychic or they're a medium, and they they sort of encourage codependence and reliance oh. instead of you know teaching you how to fish. It's a little bit of a red flag.
1: Yeah. To the point where it gets uncomfortable, I don't I make recommendations based on what I'm getting for someone yeah. and those recommendations can like you you we were talking before you hit record about hydrate, you need to hydrate more, get electrolytes, right? There's that piece of it. So I give recommendations like that, but when people ask, "Well, when do I come see you next? Do you recommend these courses or these classes or whatever whatever?" Yes. But at the end of the day, the the purpose or the reason is to you take that and you create action on your own end not necessarily having a need for something else
0: yeah do you think sometimes your clients think you have all the answers or yes. that because you're a psychic or spiritual practitioner you've reached peak spirituality you know everything now yeah and how do you handle that because the the hat trick secret time is we are learning we are on our own journey we okay. are very much humans and so while we know stuff and some of us have pedantic levels of absurd, okay, arcane knowledge. You know, I'm neurodivergent. I'm still learning alongside. Yeah. Every, I'm still pushing forward. So how do you deal with that inherent paradox, maybe, or that misconception from the client side where they think you're a font of divine wisdom? Like an oracle? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, the way I handle it is I'm just open. There was a session I had the other day where it was an hour, and as I was tuning in, I wasn't getting anything. And I don't mean anything as in I was blocked or that this person didn't have messages. But the core message was you're on the right path. Keep doing what you're doing. You don't need Nicole, i.e. me, to tell you kind of what I'm sure you've experienced as well through either talking with other people or going to practitioners yourself. And I said that right at the tail or the top half of the call was, I don't know if we're going to need this hour because, quite frankly, here is the message and happy to use the time. Uh, And we did have a lovely conversation and it got a little deeper and it was exactly what she needed. But the point of it was energetically, she was just in a really good space, just really good space. And there's that and also i w- if I, if somebody asks a question or for insight and i'm not getting the answer i and from them or their guides and angels i ask my spirit team to weigh in and i'll just say i'm not getting anything or also this is not my area and maybe then you do need to go to someone else if you're really feeling led and guided to find out information for that but yeah and I think also for people listening to understand that as Rachel said we are teachers but we're also students and having that authenticity and a place from being humble it kind of hurt me a little bit my ego got in in the way on this I had a review uh, about the podcast and the person said uh, it was something like uh, you know Nicole thinks it's always like her way and her opinion and like no it's not my opinion that's the whole yes I will clarify if something is my opinion But at the end of the day, hopefully I'm connecting to source and the information I'm getting is being channeled from that higher place. And when it comes through energetically from a certain standpoint, then I know I believe it to be true because it's what I'm experiencing and I'm sharing that. So I think keeping that in mind within your day-to-day life, your day-to-day practice, but also if you go to someone that to your point, not everybody has all the answers. I'm not God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And there's a certain hubris of the person who thinks they know everything. Especially yes. when you consider the expansive, mysterious yeah. nature
1: of all of existence. It's a lot. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, and this is where I'm being led to kind of share too, what's really interesting is mm-hmm. I I got to a point where, or I, we will all get to a point where we don't necessarily need angels and guides and spirit team members as we ascend and we get to a certain level of consciousness and awareness we are part of that. We are moving into that vibration, energy, and frequency where we don't need it. When we're at a certain point in our spiritual journey and and phase and stage, then that is where the support is available to us. So it's a constant evolution of our growth yeah. as a whole. I have a recent story about that. Actually, oh, just I'd love to prove, hear it. Prove yeah. out with evidence.
0: Little little vulnerable moment. I had a. I went through a very rough patch a couple of weeks ago physically. As a shaman, energy or transformation or downloads hit me very physically. And and usually, too, my appearance changes. It's not just a feeling. It's not psychosomatic. Oh. And I was taking a hot salt bath. And out loud, I said, you know, because my angels had retreated for a while. And I always knew they were around. But they were, to your point, you know, chewing up my food and spitting. They're not out so out. present <laughs> as much anymore. Like the training wheels are off the bike. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't, this is terrible. I don't like how I feel. It's one of them showed up and was like, well, are you going to cry about it? <laughs> are you going to be is that Gabriel? Gabriel? <laughs> no. Sounds like This was it's a little tough, a little you know, tough. The mm-hmm. German pagan deity. So we we can't expect perfect manners from something mm-hmm. like that. But, and, and then he said that he, and he but he leaned over, you know, psychically, not physically. And got real nice and was like, listen, like, you know, this was what it was going to be. We're never going to let anything bad happen to you. You're fine. But you got to kind of like suck it up a little bit. And then like went away and I was like, "Okay." And for the rest of the day, I felt better. But it's it's funny. It's almost like there's a. um, Phantom limb thing when you're so used to working with an angel or a guide so intensely for so many years and they want you to grow up. They want your spiritual wins and discoveries and developments to be yours. And to that point, they can't
1: co author everything anymore. And it's, it's almost good. like a codependence, you yeah. know, whether you go to practitioners or you use your spirit team, there's a healthy amount of support there. And then also, like you said, the training wheels, you got to come off at some point. You have to learn to walk on your own. Yeah.
0: It was, it reminded me of softball, fast pitch softball growing up, where he was like, come on, suck it up. And then he was like, Psst. here's <laughs> what's up. You know, like if you have a good coach, if you ever played team sports growing up, that was a frequent thing. Um, now, in terms of people wanting to develop their own relationships with angels, I'm sure the book outlines tips, tricks, mm-hmm. like how to how to initiate that journey personally, maybe how to identify how angels are going to communicate with them individually, because that will vary. You see mm-hmm. lights, you, you know, you you explain your progression with identifying them down to which angel it is, colors, shapes, et cetera what's like one thing that everybody
1: listening to this basically can do
0: just to get the ball rolling?
1: Yeah, I love the question. And I'm not sure if there's other books or ways out there that explain it this way, but this is how my spirit team in writing the book helped me understand it, is they recommend and I recommend to get familiar with your own intuition and or psychic abilities and what that looks like for you. So I explain it that we like our psychic senses or, or our intuition, which isn't instinct, by the way, it's through the evolution of us being human beings, uh, it's just energy, is if we, as we can see, hear, smell, taste in the physical world, we can also do that in the psychic world. So it's mirrors, our senses are smears to that. And if we prefer, like for me, I'm a visual learner, So it's not surprising that a lot of my information that comes through is through my third eye or through my mind's eye. I get images, movies, that sort of thing playing. Uh, So that is one way that would be what we call clairvoyance. I'm just giving some examples here. Our guides and angels are going to connect with us in the way that we communicate normally during the day-to-day, but also through energetically and through source. So that's the first tip is just kind of sit with yourself and ask, hey, do I feel more? Am I more of what I would imagine an empath because I have more intense emotions and feelings? Do I pick up on energetic presences around me? And the case with me and Michael and you and and feeling that with Gabriel, do you kind of get thoughts in your head more that are not your thoughts, that are downloads of of information and messages that are coming in? How do you experience your own intuition? And some people probably out there are like, I'm not intuitive, I'm not psychic. We all have it. It's just- Some of us like are natural born athletes. Some of us have a little bit more of that quote unquote strength when it comes to it. So that's the first thing is just start to be open and aware to, again, how source would communicate. And that is going to be then paying attention to information and messages. But before you start to pay attention, it's going back to asking or giving permission to your guides and angels of I want to connect with you and just have a conversation and ask, you know, ask them to show up and to start to communicate and again through being aware of your own intuition and and psychic abilities you'll be able to see that coming and you mentioned repeating numbers at the beginning part of this that's i i call it uh Michael was making a joke the other day. He's like, angels are like the gateway drug <laughs> to spirituality and energy because it's they true. feel because they feel safe. They feel, you know, again, yeah. whether you grew up in a religious household or not, or it's part of you that that it's it's like it's the it's the gateway. So numbers, the repeating signs and symbols are easy ways because people start to feel comfortable with that. So if that is more your Preference, then start there. Start small. Um, Oracle cards like that have angels on them. Your own tarot cards that I think you know you can use them, even though they're not angel specific. If you need an actual physical tool or something like that, mm-hmm. that can help you. So it really is just wherever your comfort level is. You know, it's interesting. One
0: when I do the coaching work I do with people, we have initial intake like assessment, and we get to are you audio? are you claircognizant, are you, cognizant, are you sentient? which of these are maybe starting out, which of these are well-developed, etc.? cetera. And people don't realize some of those psychic skills are weird. Like <laughs> I, I have a lot of Claire
1: salience. I smell things. Yeah, I don't. Which also makes sense because you have all of your your things, your elixirs for the most yeah. part. And Do you smell? It, it,
0: hilarious thing happens to me now, especially now because we're always evolving. Before I'm going to get a big download or I'm going to have a big experience, all of my senses go up to a 10 out of 10. So we went to breakfast this morning, my husband and I, and everything, and it's a dish that I've eaten many times at a restaurant. I've been to many times. Everything was heightened. I could pick out every nuance of every flavoring agent in everything. Luckily it was pleasant, but trust me, most (laughs) of the time it's not. You know, if you crack an egg and throw an eggshell in the in the disposal, right? Mm -hmm. In five minutes, it smells like I live in a garbage heap. To me, uh, so when you're sensitive, you're sensitive. But now that I've tuned into that and I have muscle memory with it, I go, OK, something's coming in today. Yeah. And so I'll create space. I create quiet um, to accommodate it, let it in. And so, yeah, I, I have clients that feel things physically, either vibrations or, you know, mm-hmm. being touched. It's all over the place. And yeah, muscle, it is. Skills can come
1: online. At I any know th- that happened to me, which was crazy. Which one was it? So, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But I do, before I get this thought, the other kind of analogy or example that my guides and angels showed me is what you're talking about. It's almost as if it's a fire alarm, not because it's a bad fire. It's just there's smoke. So pay attention. So just like you said, creating that space is amazing just because then you're like, okay, they got my attention. Now I need to see what's coming and also it's not bracing yourself just as much as being open and aware that yeah. something's coming in. So there's that, but yes. Yeah, so when I was working on the book, I was working on this heart. Like I had, yeah, I know. I got this message where, and again, going back to the skepticism, uh, I heard when you are have your psychic abilities and you're working on them or using them, I should say, not necessarily working on them as much as using them. Sometimes things will come online and they can be stronger than your other ones. And I kind of said, really? Okay, I haven't experienced that, but all right, I trust you. And so I was writing that part down. And then um, it said, and in addition to being stronger, it can overtake and overpower the other ones. And so fast forward a few weeks later, I wasn't understanding. I was like feeling sick to my stomach one day. I had a headache another day. I was feeling extremely tired and exhausted. And to the point where I started asking myself, is something going on? Do I need to go to the doctor? I feel like I have some sort of phantom symptoms. And it didn't dawn on me until I got into sessions that then I was having the same symptoms. And it was awful (laughs) because. I, you know, I, I, I had never had the physical experiences of someone's illness or what they were going through. And so I lovingly said, after I realized that that it was happening with my guides and angels, OK, I'm OK with this, I guess. But can you just have it happen when I'm talking with someone and when that needs to? I don't need days in advance. I can't feel like crap this, you know, leading up to it. And so, yeah, that happened. And then I laughed because I was like, why? And then they said, because you doubted because you had the question and again yeah. I was like all right and and now I don't have it as much but it still comes and goes a little bit well something very similar when
0: I mentioned the uh-huh. two week stretch um it's not the same thing as a new ability for me it's almost like a remainder on an equation as a okay. shaman. so uh-huh. as things come online or maybe communication's getting easier or a change needs to happen with me energetically because there's a physical output almost like you know, just excess whatever as a product of it. And I think that's why they were like, hey, this is you asked for this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is actually going to be better. But right now, it's almost like going to a gym and lifting weights. I don't know if you haven't done it for a while. (laughs) (laughs) This is brutal. It's not fun. But that's how you get stronger. And so there's all these interesting little physicalisms and physical mediumship, which is what, Mm -hmm. you know, came online for you. I, I have a client who has that. And she thought she was just an astrologer. She can't visualize anything in her mind's eye. And then all of a sudden she's like, yo, this is happening and I don't like it. Like, I don't know one physical <laughs> medium that enjoys that, actually. Yeah. So the energetic boundaries and all of that mm-hmm. is going to be crucially important. And what you did, which was, I want it in this structure, this container, so it can be of use uh-huh. without harming me. And the other funny thing, I always fight with Gabriel. And I say fight like I fight with my spouse. Like, it's very loving, like, bitching back and forth at each other. Same. About how they don't have bodies. They don't have to pay a gas bill. They don't get gray hair. And sometimes, you know, if you tell them, I'm ready, push me, they'll push you. And they don't always understand. Like, they'll understand cerebrally or cognitively, but they don't have the lived experience of being a human.
1: You're absolutely correct. And that was one thing that I talk about, too, is they say... We are teammates. We are teammates. So there's things that they can't do that we can as human beings, and vice versa. And because to your point, they haven't had a human experience. They've never been reincarnated with with the exception of two archangels that actually ascended and became archangels. But that said, yes, they do not have that frame of reference. And so it is a little bit sometimes of us reminding them that. We still have to but, go through this. You don't,
0: dude. Come yeah. on. Hey man, mm-hmm. I just passed a kidney stone. Can I get like five minutes? (laughs) That would be great. And, you know, I know you were mentioning this revolution. I think, you know, I'll just say this. You didn't say this, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think your book's coming out just in time. Um, Mm -hmm. In all of my years doing this work, I've never been one of those people on YouTube. Like, the end is nigh. and Yeah, 2000, Mm -hmm. the computers are going to glitch out. I'm not inherently apocalyptic and apocalypse meaning revealing great like the doomsday. day mm-hmm. yeah i'm not yeah that's just i'm very it's the skepticism like whatever the world's gonna spin life's gonna go on kind of a thing but in the last few months i've been getting and not just me psychic collaborators colleagues peers clients the hit is like shit's about to get wild and it's gonna get messy but it's gonna be awesome and i really think a big part of this is a spiritual renaissance and so I wanted to ask you, do you think angels are going to be more available? Do you think they're going to be? I just got maybe chills? Yeah. yeah. I, I, And I hadn't thought about this till we were talking about it. You were talking mm-hmm. about your book. But do you think they're going to make
1: themselves more known on planet Earth? I absolutely. Yes, I absolutely do. And the reason that it's so important is if you think about it, we're in a program within a program within a program. Like what is real? What's reality as a physical sense uh, or not sense but as a physical human being as a spiritual being there's talks of extraterrestrials out there and there's all these ufo information being planted and yes i use that word intentionally planted in the news but also because we're moving into vibrations and frequencies that also allow us to see these things and they're becoming more apparent so there's that and if you think about extraterrestrials and other types of beings and celestial beings absolutely the reason it's so important is it's for us to decide and start to discern and go within. And that is not a fortune cookie point. Mm-hmm. This is a we are all connected to source and oneness. We all have the ability to do that within ourselves. Stop giving technology, <laughs> other the me media, sorry. other people. Yeah that power, you need to grow and evolve to connect. And through that, they really want to, and they're very humble. They're not usually like, here we are, the message. That's why they wanted me to write the book. Because I also had the question, there's plenty of books out there. Why do I need to write a book on this? There's plenty of Oracle decks and cards out there. Why? And I think it's to put that different spin to empower people of the fact that we all can do this. And that they're there and available. But yes, to answer your question more simply and shortly, Mm -hmm. is that they're going to be making themselves known. But to your point about free will and choice, we need to be open to that and understand how to do it.
0: Yeah. And by the way, everyone listening to this, stop letting other people tell you the narrative Mm -hmm. about everything. It's one of my pet peeves. And, you know, just for kicks, because I'm all lighthearted, I'm reading simulation and simulacra again, you know, philosophy textbook on now. This doesn't have to be a simulation in the strictest sense to be a simulation. If your waking reality is distorted enough, you might as well be in a computer motherboard. It doesn't matter right to our senses And Mm -hmm. and getting in touch with reality. To me, spirituality is the real spark of what's real. And you can't understand what's behind the illusion until you develop whatever spirituality means for you, but develop that on your own. And part of that, and we've been talking about it with your physical mediumship and me crying in a bathtub. Someone telling me to suck <laughs> sorry it about that. By the way, I was crying on something else, not in a bathtub. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, shit happens. But <laughs> Literally, like, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of freedom isn't free. And I think the same is true for like in spiritual knowledge or if you want to be grown up and you want to know the truth, you got to grow up like personal agency, free will. They're not the easiest Mm -hmm. for everybody. Um, But I think we're at this interesting nexus point where a lot of people, there's going to be a critical mass shifting towards consciousness and personal responsibility and connecting to source and all of that. So it's sort of like, you know, get on the train or get
1: out of the way a little bit. Yeah. And I do also think that that's where we've, gosh, people have been talking about it forever. 3D, 4D, 5D, vibration, so source, so the exactly all of that. <laughs> it's like enough, enough, enough is enough. I'm so tired of hearing and seeing it. And I say this as lovingly as possible. It's like, don't complicate it. That's the message I keep hearing. It's it's not so complicated, but we're complicating these things and we're being distracted by things that don't matter and then that's intentionally middlemen and correct idolaters. but also within ourselves because to your point we don't necessarily want to see behind the curtain or you know we want to live in our own little bubbles so there's that too
0: yeah if anyone's telling you they have your genetic source codes again i got news for you they're not god how much money are they charging how much does it cost to go to their retreat <laughs>
1: You know, and we spell C-U-L-T.
0: I know. Anytime there's a profit motive, and you and I obviously make money, but that's because if you don't charge for what you do, people don't respect it. And, you know, there's there's a whole balance with an even exchange of energy. Beyond that, to me, at least, it's very obvious who's Mm -hmm. in it to make money and who's in it out of a genuine sense of, like, curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, I always joke, like, I do this every day because I'm always in a state of latent shock that it's real. Like yes. once you experience these things, how do you focus on anything
1: else? I know it's it's hard to unsee it. Yeah. And it's, interesting. And I, it's yeah. always interesting. Do you I, I do have a question for you, not trying to be the interviewer here, but do you still experience moments of doubts or are you at the point 20. where? OK, yeah. Yeah. My biggest
0: doubt area, which I like, I'm happy it's around mm-hmm. uh, like I I love it and I cultivate it is am I is this the schizophrenic break? You know, and I'm way <laughs> past that window. I'm 40 now, finally. Or is this a brain tumor? Or psychologically, w- what would Jung or Freud say about me needing this archetype? Like, I I really attack my own work mm-hmm. in a way that I'm grateful for, because at the end of the day, that none of that ever shakes out, ever. And I'm happy that I at least check in, because I've I've had some friends and colleagues that go, they go off the reservation. Um, I, I lost someone to QAnon. Honestly, oh gosh, a really talented energy worker, and it's because, like me, he had clients who were, you know, sexually exploited as children. Like that's a real thing that happens in the oh, world. world. But then he just went like nothing anchored him. He didn't have a little Socratic method for himself as a psychic, uh, asking why, or, or even you know, one of the things I love the most is I don't know what this is right now. Some people don't like being in the in between space and going i don't know i don't know if it's real or if it's spirit i'm going to i'm going to do nothing for now and just see how this shakes out or maybe ask for guidance and they want to they want something so definite that gives them every answer and explains the mechanisms of the world to them they want and, an amazon solution to their spirituality solution <laughs> Order and, it today, and it's on your porch in a couple hours. Yeah, TuneIn's just one example. I mean, the, you know, it's seen as a right-wing sort of thing. This person is not right-wing at all, by the way. Never. They're an energy worker. Like, we're, we don't generally come from the Christian right, you know what I mean? But there's plenty of this all over the place. And I'm friends with enough cult survivors, whistleblowers, people that are psychologists who work with survivors now. You, you can have a cult with two people. It can be you and your practitioners could be you and your spouse. It can, you know, be you and a friend of Folia a deux is a French concept of, you know, the crazy of two. So, yeah, it's I, I like my doubts. Um, it's funny I had, by the way, and I, I've not shared this outside of my friend Roger, and it doesn't exactly fit here, except it totally does. I had <laughs> my first UFO
1: experience this year, a couple months ago. I did, too. Well, okay. was it this year? No, it was. I think it was actually last year. Anyway, it was it was not too long ago, but yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kicked off a lot of the physical stuff, too. Not bad, either. Mm-hmm. Just unpleasant. And uh, while I was telepathically, like, looking at this thing, the this clairsentient sort of voice came in. It was like, why do you let your brain ping pong around like that? Because I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm crazy. <laughs> or the frontal lobe of my brain just exploded. You know, because I just have these thoughts. I'm like, this is not happening. And they're like, it's so weird to watch your brain just do that. You shouldn't do that anymore. It's so noisy. And I was like, it is noisy." like it was just this funny little
1: footnote of the moment. Oh, my gosh. That's in- so interesting. You know, the, the the image I just got in my head was when we're in our cars we, and we're driving, we, for, we think it's our personal private space. Which yeah. is why we're all crazy drivers for the most part. And it's like that we think in our heads that it's yeah. our own thoughts. And energetically, we're not sharing or whatever that is. But we are. Yeah, and I think the
0: ping-ponging, as they called it, which to me is the the
1: vacillation between
0: doubt, skepticism, mm. belief, faith—you know, all that stuff—I think that's gonna that's gonna stabilize. I think the waves are gonna get less bumpy for a bunch of us heading into this, and it's gonna be a wild time to be alive. I'm excited for it. It it feels like it's gonna make
1: more sense than what we're in now. I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's there. Gearing up for something. And I say they being all the all the energetic beings are definitely gearing up for something. And I think they're just preparing us to be comfortable with all Mm -hmm. of it. It's almost as if when I felt called to do the podcast, it was the summer before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And I felt it with such urgency. And they wouldn't tell me if this is when I was blocked. They're like, you don't have to worry about it. Just do. Because if they had told me or given me any sort of information, I would have probably been paralyzed with fear, not because I get afraid, but I just my mind wouldn't be able to wrap around, you know, the actual Mm -hmm. concept. You just took the words out of
0: my mouth for my recent experience, which was two years ago. I was given a a vision like waking reality vision and temporally, liminally, cognitively. I didn't fully recover. I felt weird chemically Mm -hmm. for two days afterwards. And it was like the world was quiet. And it was one of my spirit guides saying, it's going to be you, your dog, and your husband. I was like, what happens? I didn't see war. I didn't see disease. Same. I didn't understand the mechanism. And then in the last It just felt weird. Yeah. Well, this is for what's coming. Oh. So again. And they just showed me the mechanism behind that. And I go, I know why you didn't tell me that two years ago. I would have curled up in a ball. I wouldn't have done any of the things that I've done,
1: which I'm sure
0: mattered to someone. Because
1: I would have said, what mattered? Was little me doing anything for this? You know, I would just like, doesn't matter. I'm in a ball. Yeah.
0: And that's, the you know, this is such a good thing to touch on for anyone who wants to work with angels in particular. They're very work-oriented, very personal project, very get shit done on planet Earth. Working with partners, their co host On the (laughs) podcast,
1: Nicole. Right. That's what. Yeah, that's exactly why I used it at the beginning. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They don't. They're not going to show you things at certain times, not to be mean to you or because you're doing something wrong or you're not psychic or whatever, but because the timing matters and they see that better than we do. And I've learned to surrender much more to, okay, you're going to give me this scavenger hunt clue now. Thank you for that, because, by the way, I've got an entire garden ready. We have a backup
1: generator you know, me like, driving to things? Texas with my dogs and cat and joining you guys.
0: Listen, <laughs> yeah, I mean it is what it is, and it, and it's it's hilarious. And now that I saw part of what I think is going to drive it, how weird it's going to get, I was like, oh, thank you for preparing me psychologically. I, I'm a person where I'm wired to be in control. I think childhood trauma does that to you. You want to control externally yes. as much as possible, which is a ticket to madness, by the way, among other problems. But I was like, oh, now I know. I just kind of surrender, and I've already gotten ready put the reps in energetically psychologically gardens going and figured out what grows here what doesn't it's much harder to grow shit here than Illinois by the way side note and just you know some of the basics and um this is going to be a it'll be an interesting time and I will say you know if things get weird there are angels whatever
1: that means to you right and Mm -hmm. they'll hook you up they'll talk to you they'll hang out yes they'll be your BFFs partners in crime whatever you want to call them but they're here to support us and guide us they always have been you know I think it's just going back to the quote-unquote revolution it's it's a moment in time where they're really just reminding us that we have this option and we're not alone so as I
0: mentioned to you Nicole we have a sponsor for podcast yourself she's a real (laughs) bitch And if we don't pull a card from the Totem Tarot deck, I will never hear that. As always, supplying our sponsor supports Supply the show. <laughs> and, supports Rachel. Think, and just the just don't kidding. think we're not going to make <laughs> like sarcastic weird little commercials for this and stuff just just to do it. I just can't not.
1: Oh, that would be hilarious.
0: Yeah, like fake reviews of people who fell into other dimensions or something. That us some a- fun with it. So I- we'll pull a card. It's for you. It's for your incredible book. And- while I'm shuffling, why don't you tell everyone the title?
1: We'll put it in the show notes, obviously. But yes. get people ready. Yeah, thank you. So it's Looking for Angels, a guide to understanding and connecting with angels. And you can go to lookingforangelsbook.com is the website to sign up and be alerted when it's available. Keeps getting pushed back. So, you know. Divine timing.
0: So, so, so exciting. All right, let's see. Let's look at the courts. For Nicole, but also for the collective around this conversation, I think. The Seven of Crystals is all about divine timing. <laughs> and I just said divine timing. Yes. they're ready because you were just saying the it's been pushed mm-hmm. back. Seven of Crystals is the vigilant patience that you need in a garden because you can't pick a fruit before it's ripe. But you also don't want to let it ripen and fall and rot. And the idea of sliding doors and synchronicity and serendipity. and I have another tarot deck by this woman who lived in New Orleans. It's called the Mary L. Tarot. It's very disturbing visually to a lot of people. So, of course, I love it. It's like if Trent (laughs) Reznor made a tarot deck. And her version of it's the seven of uh, discs in her deck is the exact moment of a sunrise in a canyon. And like it's filling sort of like Stonehenge in the effect of light. Beautiful. In certain times of the year. But there's always like a moment where things happen and it's being ready and squared up for that moment. And also it's a card of gestating personal change and personal projects that you're going to give birth to.
1: Yeah, no, I love it, too, because it's the crystals are near and dear to my heart. Lots of experiences with crystals, especially growing up. I don't use them quite as much now. So that's also, it feels personal, not just with the message itself, oh, yeah. but with crystals as well, having that come up. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And it's it's funny because it's exactly the number of crystals I tend to use if I make a crystal grid. I've heard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. diamonds that I'll use for remote energy work. And I've literally never thought of it literally that way before until right now. And I'm seven. like, seven, yeah.
1: And, and seven eight. is my favorite number. Is it really? hmm I, I never under 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, I never knew why. And I it was just something, I think, uh, probably because it's uh, one, one of the codes for mysticism. It's also associated with Christ consciousness energy, yeah. all of that. So I knew inherently as a child that it had powerful energy behind it. But I always would say when I was little, 7's my favorite number. It wasn't until I got older that I, I really knew why. But yeah.
0: Yeah, in a hilarious twist, I have a favorite number, and it's 13.
1: <laughs> Aren't we odd, children? I want to... Yeah. Don't, what's my favorite number? Seven. Well I had a favorite color. My favorite color was yellow, but not because I liked it. I just felt sorry for it because no one ever picked yellow as its <laughs> favorite color. That shows you how sensitive and weird I was. <laughs>
0: I yeah, I I was a very weird kid and what's funny is it could have gone really sideways with my parents taking me to therapy to like fix me. You're a green carnation. I'm a green carnation. But you know, I, I always get lucky and I think that's another psychic and or shaman, you know, practitioner thing is our lives aren't perfect. There's that whole Joseph Campbell kind of thing that'll happen. But When it matters, I've always gotten helpful people. I've always gotten nice people. I've always learned from people. And so like the negative impacts of things have always been mitigated. And I think it's part of this sliding doors thing Mm. too. So I would just ask everybody, this is an ultimate card for synchronicity and timing. So pay attention to signs and symbols because to your point, getting ready for the podcast ahead of COVID, that worked out for everybody. I mean, it worked out for you, I'm mm-hmm. sure. It gave you mm-hmm. something to focus on, do, yes. et cetera. It's been, a, it's so successful. And I can't believe anyone ever writes anything negative. Don't get, that's a whole other thing. I can yeah. do a whole yeah. episode on that. You know, be <laughs> the man in the arena, your arena, not the critic in the stands, right? Um, but also like for other people, it was divine timing for you, but also others. And how many people did that help? who Maybe were more amenable to be an audience because they were- going inward in it. yeah, and, and reassessing and
1: yeah, sometimes it's just in the doing and then you figure out the why on the other side. Yeah. I love that message because that's really it. It's it's like you've used, you didn't use breadcrumbs, but I use the, the term breadcrumbs. It's like, mm-hmm. just take that step. If you're feeling led or guided and you feel, you don't understand necessarily why you're feeling a certain way, but you're feeling extremely passionate about it, that is either, I mean, chills as I'm saying this, either your own intuition and, and higher self guiding you or it's whatever, your spirit, team and source. Just trust that and take those steps because through that, the rest unfolds. That's the synchronicities. That's the quote unquote luck. That's all of those things just unfolding for you and trusting that part. And and that trust and just taking the action it sounds simple. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it is truly simple that's when it grows and you experience more and more things in such divine love and to the point of the card and the message, divine timing. Yep. It's funny. I just heard an MMA fighter, a cage fighter say,
0: luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you, cage fighter. That's <laughs> deep. There was a UFC, big UFC pay-per-view last night.
1: Fun okay. fact. At first, good. I thought you meant medium wise, like you had a cage fighter talking to you right now. In this no. Conversation. No, I you met fish. You know, but like, is yeah, that one of it, your spirit team members? Yes. And it's funny, you know, I got
0: drawn to mixed martial arts, and of course, I gravitated to a female fighter who talks suddenly about Christ consciousness and she's building airships and, you know, getting foster children into urban hydroponic gardens. Of, you know, you never, wow, it's the breadcrumbs yeah. to your voice. Yes, point. exactly. Yes. Well, thank you, Nicole. Everybody, A Psychic Story, among other podcasts, Angel Book coming out. Look at all the show notes. All her links will be there. Follow her on Instagram. And thank you, Nicole.
1: Thank you, Rachel, for having me on.